Nashville Predators finish up their road trip against the Buffalo Sabres, a game in which it kind of feels like maybe the season rides on this one. More about that, plus a million-dollar question, actually more like an $8 million question, where have the veterans been during this recent stretch for the Nashville Predators? Let's get into that today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Welcome back. We haven't seen each other in a few days. I know. I feel like I need to sing the reunited and it feels so good that song but that was those peaches and cream peaches and herb peaches, peaches and, and herb, herb. Mm-hmm. Those are, the those classic are, yes those are two food things that i would not necessarily put together yeah no i'm not interested that or peaches and cottage cheese also not acceptable nor a good name for a band oh i feel like i can vibe with some peaches and cottage cheese really have you ever had it no, but I, it's, it's fruit and cottage cheese. It can't be that bad, right? I can't. I literally gag on cottage cheese. I tried so hard about a month and a half ago. Can't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know what else I've been gagging on? Do it's tell. Nashville Predators, a recent stretch. <laughs> uh, because it hasn't been very, very good, especially these last three games. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Nashville Predators are five three and two in their last 10 uh the thoughts have gone from let's make a playoff run which i mean technically they're still in the hunt um but they they're at a stage where they need some help now uh and it's gone from let's just survive this season shall we let's just try to find something positive to end the year on uh tonight the Nashville predators take on the buffalo sabers a mm-hmm. team that is kind of in the same spot uh yeah. you know, remember we we were surprised uh you know kind of to look at the standings and see where they are because just a few weeks ago we mentioned they were kind of one of the dark horses uh you know they had guys like tage thompson who you know other than you know connor mcdavid probably had a very good chance at being in the mvp conversation you know, you have this fun young team who's kind of, you know, reached the promised land this year, and they have kind of fallen off a cliff since that trade deadline. They didn't really do anything at the trade deadline. I think that's a reason for it. But, yeah, and kind of surprising uh, that the Sabres are where they are right now. It is surprising that they are where they are. And I was so excited for them. But if you look, like you said, very parallel to Nashville, if you look at kind of their last little stretch – Things have gotten a little tricky for the Buffalo Sabres. You know, they've sort of struggled in March. I think they've only had two regulation wins in March. So they're kind of hitting their bumps in the road. They're in their growing pains. They're in their awkward phase right now, which for the Nashville Predators is a little bit of a relief in the sense that hopefully this game will be 
more competitive for a just a bizarre looking Nashville Predators roster. Yeah. Against this this Buffalo team because you know, wow, things have gone sideways in Nashville and Buffalo in the last, you know, 10 days or so. We were, we were saying that exact same thing at the Chicago Blackhawks game, weren't we? Yeah. Wow, yes. literally, finally, you know, a team where Nashville can kind of just lay back a little bit. And then that was felt. That didn't go well. Yeah, that felt like the beginning of the end right there. Yeah. Uh, Sabres lost 7 nothing to the Boston the other night. So they feel the 7 to nothing pain. Right. It's, you know, Obviously, you look at the Nashville Predators. We don't know if Roman Yossi is going to be in the lineup tonight. We're not sure if Ryan McDonough is going to be in the lineup tonight. We already don't have Forsberg. No idea when he's coming back. That's also kind of a concern at this point uh, that, you know, he hasn't really taken a step towards coming back despite skating for almost an entire month now with the team. Right. Uh, you know, no Uso Parsonen, no Alex Carrier. You mentioned this is basically just whoever the Preds got at the trade deadline, plus the Milwaukee Admirals at this point. What if you're John Hines? What's your, I guess, message to the team? Is there a tangible end goal for this group for the next, you know, handful of games or however long some of these injuries are going to? lay out because you know it, it feels like you know you're, you're this dark horse maybe making a playoff run if things go according to plan now it, it seems like you're just trying to survive so if you're john hines what are you telling the team ahead of this game tonight and going into these next few games i think on the surface there is n- Almost nothing to play for. And I say that knowing that there is, of course, still a chance for the Predators to make the playoffs. But you and I have talked about what does the schedule look like down the stretch for Nashville? This is a rough schedule. On the other hand, I almost think that there is a lot to play for, especially for these younger players on this roster and for the ones that were brought in at the trade deadline. Because whether Nashville makes the playoffs or not, So much is happening with this team. Barry Trotz is watching this team. This team is going to go through another transformation in the offseason, one way or the other. And so I think John Hines probably doesn't have to say too much when talking with some of these younger players, talking with Cody Glass, talking with Luke Evangelista. They are still very much in the mindset of, I have to prove myself. You know, Kiefer Sherwood said, I am just trying to earn one more day. So I think that there are a lot of these younger players or uh, not necessarily age-wise, but just NHL experience-wise younger players who understand whether we're playing Buffalo, whether we're chasing the playoffs or not, I have to put it all out there on the ice because who knows? Nashville has all these assets. They have all this capital. They could package up some of these young guys and trade them away. You know, you're looking at um, Calfoot, Tyson Berry, these guys. What's going to happen with them at the end of the offseason? I don't know that John Hines has to overtly say anything to motivate this team right now. I think you've got young players who are hungry to prove that they are NHL players. And I think you have enough veteran players who know how this business works that understands like there, there is no chance and no time for me to be slacking off on my effort if I want to stick around or be valuable in a trade and end up somewhere better. Yeah, I don't know that he has to say much. 
Yeah, and I think your your reasoning behind it, you hit the point on the head, is maybe the team goal of we need to make a march towards the Stanley Cup playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe that's a little out of reach. But it seems that everybody on the individual level uh, has something that they're going to need to work on, something that they're going to have to prove for the end of the season, not just the young guys, True. But some of these veterans, too. I mean, you have guys, some of whom we'll talk a little bit more in depth here a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you have guys like Ryan McDonough, you know, if he's back tonight, if he's still out, you know, whenever he comes back, these next, you know, the however many games he's going to have left in the season. You know, remember, he's been mentioned in trade rumors, too. Sure. You know, the Predators may decide, hey, man, we really want you to re- – you know, wave your no trade clause or something like that. You know, Tyson Berry is a, you know, unrestricted free agent at the end of next season. You know, is he going to be a long-term piece, a Nashville Predators puzzle? Uh, and, you know, you, then you have, you know, guys like UC Soros who are going to try to keep getting better every single game. You know, guys like Kevin Lankinen, who's, you know, earned a spot for next season, but, you know, realistically he's going to try to, earn a number one job somewhere down the road. So you just have a lot of little things for everybody to play for. And I think that has to be the message in the Predators locker room, whether it comes from John Hines or not, I think that just has to be the message. It's like, find something that you need to focus on doing. And who knows, you know, maybe if everybody, you know, sets out a goal and that's the goal you're working towards and you hit marks towards that goal, Maybe we are a better team. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody's, you know, doing the little things they need to do. Maybe we do look and we find ourselves in a playoff battle in the past week. But I think it has to start on the individual level first. And uh, before we start, you know, thinking it's like, oh, instead of we got to make this playoff chase, which maybe the maybe the goal was a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago uh, mm-hmm. before all the trade deadline stuff happened. That was maybe the goal then, but now I think it's more, what do you need to do as an individual? Like, what are you playing for, for the rest of the season? Yeah. Yep. What are you bringing to the ice that we need long-term as we look to reset? Because everybody's getting an eye. You've got a fresh eye. You've got Barry Trotz. You've got a fresh eye leading this team. So what are you as an individual going to bring to this team that I can build around? That's what Barry Trotz is wondering. Yeah, and that is also the kind of the same reason I've been disappointed in a couple of the veterans on the Nashville Predators over the past few weeks. We need to talk about that in just a second, plus keys to the game for tonight's Predators-Sabers showdown. Get to that in a second, but first, want to take a second to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We're in the middle of the big tournament, college basketball. It's heating up, which means now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you need to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, money line. Point scores to three points drained. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, again, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we talked about 
some of these younger players and earning their spots on the team next year. We haven't talked much about the veterans and what their role is on them. I mean, half of them are on injured reserve. Fair. <laughs> you have guys in this team, and the one that stands out to me is Matt Duchesne. You're almost the shepherd trying to move your flock from one season to the next and make sure, you know, they don't get eaten by coyotes or black ruins or sabers, whatever. Yes. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to kind of be an example for these kids. And I look at Matt Duchesne's play and I have to say, it's just this disappointment, Anne. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, Every team in the NHL has to go, you know, deal with injuries at some point, whether big or small. It's the really good teams. You know, you think back a few years ago, Connor McDavid went down with injury. Leon Dreisaitl wound up winning the Hart Trophy that year for how much he stepped up. You look at the Colorado Avalanche this year, pretty much every member of their team has been hurt. And look who stepped up and leading their points this year. Miko Rantanen. Yes. For the Nashville Predators, you know, you traded away half of your offensive starters. The other half is on injured reserve. You just lost Roman Yossi. Matt Duchesne is literally like the only big time score left on this team right now. And you look at him and think, okay, this is a guy who I want to see elevate his game. I want to see him be able to put this team on his back. Put me in 23 minutes a night, John Hines. Like, I will go and be the end-all, be-all for this Nashville Predators team. And it just hasn't been there. In fact, it's just been one of the most uninspired, kind of bad stretches of the year for Matt Duchesne. And that really is, to me, a disappointment and maybe a reason for this Nashville Predators slide. Yeah, You look at Matt Duchesne's season and you know that I am a huge defender of Matt Duchesne and, you know, I still love, you know, love this guy, love him as a player, but man, you cannot ignore the fact that this is rough. This is not where we need Matt Duchesne to be right now. He goes into the season off of this career high season thinking, you know, I've got Mikhail Granlin, I've got Philip Forsberg, this line that was so good last season. Now they played together some, but even before the trade deadline, Matt Duchesne was kind of woven in with some of these other younger players. So it didn't necessarily unfold this season for Matt Duchesne line mate wise, like maybe he anticipated. Obviously, statistically, it did not unfold the way he probably anticipated it did. And then you hit this trade deadline. And, you know, you've got Mikhail Granlund is gone. You've got uh, Matthias Ekholm, who just total aside, shout out to Matthias Ekholm. Two goals last night for Edmonton in their overtime win. <laughs> Thought that was a nice little gift for me. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so this team has really changed in front of Matt Duchesne's eyes. And with the injuries, he really is in a lot of ways. You've got Matt Duchesne and you've got Colton Sissons are kind of the last OG guys standing here. But you've this is this is the role. Like this is the gig. This is the veteran gig in 
I will say this, when you talk with some of the younger players in the locker room, Matt Duchesne is a person they have mentioned by name who is really investing in them. He is really stepping up. He is talking with them. He's sharing his experience. He's working through some of this with them. So he's doing the investment, I think, off of the ice that you want from a veteran. But on ice as a veteran, this is your gig. Like, this is your role. You lead this team. You lead this team. And we're not seeing Matt Duchesne play with leading statistics or even just in general in his game. His game is struggling right now. And again, I understand, you know, huge turnover. This is a huge change for Matt Duchesne. The trajectory of this team for him has changed dramatically. But he has to lead it. Here's where I think it gets a little bit tricky for somebody like Matt Duchesne. The way that he has to lead this team is by keeping it simple. You know, you have to keep it pretty simple right now with this team. Not that these young guys aren't talented and exceptionally good at reading the game. And I don't mean that as a criticism, but you have to keep it simple to move this team ahead. Matt Duchesne is not keeping it simple. He's almost trying in this last little stretch to do too much. Yeah. And when you try to do too much, when you try to force a zone entry, when you try to force a pass, when you try to force a play because you have the pressure of carrying the team, it's backfiring right now on Matt Duchesne. He needs to keep it simple. That's how he has to lead. And I think he's having trouble kind of finding that sweet spot. Uh, February 27th was the day where all hell broke loose for the Nashville Predators. You had David Poyle announced that he was stepping down. The next day is when uh, Matthias Ekholm was traded. Uh, the you had uh, Tanner Janot traded in that time period. Yes. You know, the day before the the day before the Pittsburgh game was when, or the day after the Pittsburgh game was when Mikhail Granlin got traded. And I look at the Predators have played ten games since then. Uh, and Matt Duchesne has one goal and one assist in those ten games. And you're looking at him to kind of be the guy who he's getting all the stats in that time period because he's like, you know, the expectation is he's the only guy left who's like the Predators prime score. Right. right. And, you know, you go through some of these game recaps and, you know, zero shots on goal against. Yes. Like, what what are you doing there? one shot on goal against the Rangers in just 15 minutes of ice time. Like I know the team was, was kind of trash as you know, for the whole game, but you know, you expect your big guys like Duchesne in a situation like this, where you're literally like one of the very few veterans. And it's funny because he only played 17 minutes of ice time uh, against Winnipeg and only 15 against the Rangers. I mean, it's almost like it's like John Hines looks at him. It's like, okay, you're not really a guy that we need on the ice at all Mm -hmm. times. And that's kind of alarming because this is your $8 million center, a guy you picked up to kind of have your number one center, your number one line built around. And here you are kind of just, you know, treading water at the end of the season in a time when they need you to step up. And so it's to me, you know, and it's good with that. He's kind of been the mentor in the locker room. You know, obviously we don't necessarily know 
what goes on in there. So we can't say, oh, he's checked out or anything like right. that. But it's disappointing that the on-ice play, you want to see him lead by example. And it's mm -hmm. disappointing that that part of the mentorship hasn't really caught on yet. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if he's trying to include these younger guys as he's creating plays where, like you mentioned, against Winnipeg, we've had several games where Matt Duchesne just really isn't shooting. What we need for Matt Duchesne right now is just shoot the puck. Yeah. You don't it's not necessarily about helping them grow by setting them up for a shot that might not be there. It is helping them grow by watching somebody else take the shot that's there. You know what I'm saying? Like just keep it simple. Keep it simple. You yeah. know, that's what we need for Matt Duchesne. And and right now, you know, it's been a struggle for him. God love him. It is he is on the struggle bus. Yeah, we, we need him to be a little bit selfish. We need him to be yes. like, you know, the, the player in, you know, your, your be a pro mode in NHL 23, where it's like you make a pass and then you hit the A button to immediately just signal for the, you know, the puck pass. <laughs> you know, yes. You want to be the guy that's just skating around while everybody else is trying to set up a play. We need, we kind of do need that from Matt. Yeah. We need him to kind of put this team on his back. Uh, a little bit. And again, you know, I get that he's trying to set up, you know, maybe some younger players and get them involved, you know, especially when they're playing so well. But, you know, if the Predators want to win games, I think the best thing is for him to kind of go out there and put this team on his back and have the young guys kind of be the, you know, clean up. Right. You know, loose pucks, loose rebounds, be in the right spot, get to positions where Duchesne can make it easy for them to score you know, not unlike what Phil Tomasino has kind of been doing over his last little stretch run as well. Yes. So interesting thing to watch tonight as the Predators take on the Buffalo Sabres. Keys to the game, how we think that's going to go coming up in a second. First, want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories in that horrible sugar crash, you have got to try a Built Bar. If you're looking to eat a little bit healthier and make just one or two better choices in your day, again, got to try a Built Bar. So what makes Built Bars so good? First of all, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It is real chocolate. None of that fake stuff, friends. And they come in unbelievable flavors. We love churro, peanut butter brownie. They also have a really great coconut almond that we love. And I don't know how they do it, but I know they're very successful at it because these bars taste like a candy bar, but they have great macros. They're healthy for you, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar in a bar, and they come packed with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around for a box. We've been telling you for a while now, go to built.com and order your favorite flavors. Look, you can still do that, but if you're hungry right now, get in your car and head to Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your local Walmart, walk in, head to the pharmacy section, and you can grab yourself a four-count box of Built Bars. Grab cookies and cream, which is what we're working through right now. They also have double chocolate, or try some of the puffs. But if bigger is better for you, head to Sam's Club and walk in there and grab yourself a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter or mint brownie. Love that one, too. You can thank me later. And, of course, you can always go to Built.com. And get your built bars there. That is built.com. All right, Dan. Predators versus Sabres tonight out in Buffalo. Uh, what, what's a key for you in this game? 
The first key for me is an off ice key to me. And I think the team that's going to perform better tonight is the team that makes the better mental shift. You mentioned earlier, Buffalo is also coming off of a seven, nothing loss. I think probably theirs was a little bit less painful because it was like two, nothing after one. And well, Nashville's was not after one two nothing. Um, But I think it's all about taking a page from Taylor Swift's book. Like you've got to shake it off, shake it off. Woo hoo hoo. Like this is what is going to matter for this team. Shaking off that loss. You know what? The Nashville Predators know that they're going to be on an uphill climb, whether it's the rest of the season, whether it's the next couple seasons, this is, this is the work. This is the reset. So focus on the things that you can do better. And I really feel like some of these younger guys, for as tough of a shift as this is mentally to shake off that last game and come back in. I mean, that's that's man's work to get beat 7 nothing and then take the – or let me rephrase that. That is woman's work to get beat 7 nothing and then to take the ice and come back out and put your best – game out there, you know, that's, that's the hard work of being a professional athlete. And I think a lot of them have a lot of potential. This is a great learning opportunity. Buffalo has to do the same thing. And one thing I will say, and I noticed this watching back some Buffalo games, even some of their media folks are saying, this is a team that's struggling to find that drive again. They're kind of playing a little bit and I can't remember the word that they used, but almost discouraged where they can't quite shake it off. So yeah. this game is really going to be one, I think, in a lot of ways in the locker room before they take the ice. So Nashville, shake it off. Shake it off. Woo-hoo-hoo. Good, uh, good shout out to T-Swift there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you'll be there at the Eras Tour somewhere. Couldn't get tickets. Went and saw Barry Manilow instead. <laughs> same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. Yeah, uh, you know, you're seeing that what you just mentioned with some teams around the NHL right now, you know, these teams that are in contention and then just, you know, get cold at the wrong time. And you see yeah. the season kind of slip away from them. I mean, we see that every year, seeing that with Detroit right now, seeing that with Buffalo a little bit, where it's just the bigger the uphill climb to get back to where they were you know, the, the faster they just kind of start to roll downhill. And as we mentioned, you know, the Nashville Predators not quite there yet, but they need to make sure that this doesn't steamroll away from them. You know, the other thing I look at, Anne, is, you know, maybe an underrated key is face-offs. We know the Predators have had some defensive struggles. We know the Buffalo Sabres are a prime scoring team. So to me, Getting that first possession off a puck drop, that is going to be absolutely key. I know there's been some discussion among some people that talk about face-offs maybe being a quote-unquote meaningless stat or, you know, an overrated stat, this and that. But, you know, when you have a situation like this where one team is just so offensively gifted and the other one is just struggling on defense, especially with half the team either traded or hurt on defense. Fact. Getting that first chance at puck possession is going to be key. Whether in the year the offensive zone, you win a puck possession battle off the faceoff, you have that ability to keep it in their zone and put some pressure on them, that's key. On defense, in the defensive zone, you win that first faceoff, you have a chance to get the puck out of the zone, whether that's to start a breakout or just, you know, clear the danger. That's also 
big because you're keeping that high powered offense from being able to set anything up and get sustained pressure. So to me, the face-off battle is absolutely huge. And I think it is a very critical stat. And you look at what this is, you know, the, the Sabres are dead last in the NHL and face-off percentage. The Preds are ninth, you know, you yes. have, you know, even with the injuries, you still have guys like Colton Sissons, who's very good in that face-off circle. Mm-hmm. To me, that is something that I think is going to play a big role in tonight's game. I agree with you. I think, you know, I get people say that maybe that doesn't really reflect as much. I think it it matters. And Colton Sissons, shout out to him, who is nearly a wizard in the face-off circle. I think I agree with you. Something like that could really be big for the Predators. The other thing I would say to Nashville, and I would say this kindly, is stay out of the penalty box. There are no snacks in the sin bin. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Yeah. Come on now. Buffalo ranks fourth in the power play, 24.6%. Now, I will say this. In March, that percentage is down. They're struggling a little bit. They're about 21%. Still not too shabby, friend. Tage Thompson, I've this stat made me just need a couple of deep breaths of air from anxiety. He has 18 power play goals, friends. Those are power play goals. That's what he has. Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne, have 19 just goals altogether, total goals. This is a team that can score on the power play. And look, this is also a Nashville team who are down defensemen. We don't have, I mean, maybe we would get back Ryan McDonough tonight. We don't know. But you're missing some of your good penalty killers who are out with injury. And so the Predators just have to play a, a cleaner game, a smarter game. They have got to stay out of the box. You know, just... You know, Lazan, Fabro, I know, you know, Fabro was in the box a couple times in the last game. You just got to stay out of the box. Don't give Tage Thompson more. It's already embarrassing enough. Yeah. Don't be greedy. And whoever is in goal for the Nashville Predators tonight, uh, they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's too. It's going to be interesting to kind of see what the goaltending situation is going to be like because you had UC Saros who basically wound up playing – you know, a game in two thirds of a game, you know, in, a, in back-to-back situations, you know, close to 110 minutes in one weekend, you know, do you go back to Kevin Lankinen as the starter tonight and go, you know what, like we know your start on Saturday didn't exactly go to plan or Sunday, whatever day it was, it was it's, a it's, it's a whole era ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know your last start didn't go well. We're going to give you a chance to go back out there, maybe give Saros some rest. And, you know, we know you can do better. So we're going to go out there and we're going to let you try to have your best game of the season, the bounce back game. That's would maybe you start Lankanen. Do you think I actually should... would? Yeah. You yeah, know what? I, I would, would too. a, just because, you know, I think it's important for him to try to, you know, go back out on that ice and kind of rebound from his last performance. But I also think, you know, give Saros some rest after, basically playing in back-to-back games. I agree with you. I would start Lincoln in when John Hines calls me, I'll put in a good word for both of us that we would start Lincoln. And I would do it not only to give him his confidence back, which I think that he deserves, but also you look ahead down the stretch in these next two games, who is Nashville playing Seattle. You do not like you want to start UC Saros against Seattle because Ellie Tolvin simply cannot score a goal or the city will burn down. So I would give, you don't think that's going to happen if Ellie Tolvanen scores a goal? 
I said, oh, God. Oh, I thought you said, oh, it will not. And I thought, oh. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on this. <laughs> I thought, oh, no. I, I would just not Maybe like I am reading Twitter out. wrong, but I know what all caps means. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I would love to see Lankin and Annette tonight. I think he deserves this game. And I think it would be great to start Saros on Thursday against uh, the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting regardless. Uh, Preds versus Sabres tonight. It is a six o'clock central puck drop. So yay, early night for us. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll be here to recap the game tomorrow. Talk about the highs and lows. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the show at LO underscore Predators. And however you're tuning in right now, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, hit that subscribe button. Always helps us out, and you'll be the first to know when we got new stuff out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.